Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you are addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I'm a Dynasty Freak, which means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all my teams 365 days a year. So to you, so let's talk some Dynasty on episode number 236. We're going to do part two, part two of my most rostered players. Uh, Last week I talked about my most rostered players, uh, players that I had on more than 33% of my nine Dynasty uh, teams. This week I'm going to talk about players that I have rostered on exactly 33%. So three out of my nine leagues, three shares of all these players. So I hope that this podcast, you know, it will just help you see which players, you know, I have high opinions on. There's a reason that they're on my team, why I have so many shares of them. I drafted many of them in rookie drafts and startup drafts. Some were traded for, and while a few were actually added on the waiver wire. So having 33% of these shares is not super surprising, but I only have 11 such players in all of my leagues, so there's really not that many of them. So I wanted to talk about them. Give me just a chance to talk about players that I like. Maybe you like them too, or maybe you disagree. Welcome your input, but here we go. 11 players that I have 33% on 33% of my rosters. First one is Amon Ross St. Brown. I'll just call him ASB. I was much higher on ASB than most dynasty managers two years ago, but I couldn't draft him in as many leagues as I hoped because in the, uh, that year I had traded away a lot of first and second round rookie picks and so didn't get him as much as I would have liked. As a result, two of my three ASB shares were acquired uh, via trades. I drafted him at 2.6 in one league. I traded for him during a rookie draft, giving away just Darnell Mooney for the pick. So I gave away Darnell Mooney to get the pick where I picked St. Brown. And then in a salary cap league, where the platform really doesn't track the player history very well, uh, I traded him at the end at the end of his rookie season traded for him at the end of his rookie season but I can't really go back and remember exactly what the trade was for uh, but he's still under contract with our team and he's got another year left with us probably going to be the player that we extend into next you know extend his contract so pretty excited about that uh, like him because ASB is the, the Lions wide receiver one even if Jameson Williams returns from his suspension and somehow you know proves that he's a good NFL player uh, ASB scored 13.1 points per game last year and finished as a wide receiver 9 on the season. Uh, he's my 7th ranked dynasty wide receiver right now, just ahead of Halave, which I will mention here in a minute. Uh, it was all I was all in on ASB in the rookie draft, and I'm pleased that I have drafted him and traded for him and have him uh, higher, you know, jumped on him before other people knew how great he was, and now people realize what they've missed, those that traded him uh, to me. Next player that I have 33% of is Chris Halave. I drafted Alave in all three rookie drafts last year. I was slightly higher on Alave than most dynasty managers, so I could, you know, draft him. I did, was able to draft him in more leagues than I expected in the first round last year. After year one, Alave is now my eighth-ranked dynasty wide receiver, so right behind uh, Monra St. Brown. I could not be happier to have him on a third of my team. You know, on a per-game basis, Alave was actually more productive than his college teammate and fellow second-year player, Garrett Wilson. Alave had scored 10.9 points per game, and Garrett just 10.4. So the quick demise of Michael Thomas has made his dynasty rise, dynasty value rise even more. Uh, he's wide receiver one for New Orleans, where Derek Carr brings new life to the offense yeah, to, and hopefully to Alave's young career. I'm not too proud to admit that I drafted Traylon Burks over Olave in one league because I wanted to hedge my bets on having Olave. It was my only share that I could get of Burks to, 
And so while Burks does have a great opportunity to break out this year, um, I doubt that his dynasty value is ever going to catch up with Alave. So I made a mistake in one or else I would have had Alave in four of my leagues instead of three. Just being honest. Next player that I have uh, three shares of is Brandon Cooks. Uh, I drafted Cooks in every league that I still have him rostered. I drafted him in a startup draft five years ago and another four startup draft four years ago. And then in a dispersal auction two years ago, I, I added him to my team in the auction. Um, I sold him during one rookie draft this season to get younger players, knowing that his value is waning. In that league, I have Alave and Dotson, who were also, you know, already heard last time, Dotson's one of my most rostered guys. Alave, we just spoke about. I just had younger guys and was really ready to move on from Cook as an older asset in that league. So I traded Cooks and Donovan Peoples-Jones to get Khalil Herbert and Pierre Strong, a player that I'm going to talk about a little bit more uh, in a bit. I still love Cooks and think that he's going to have a you know fantasy productive year in Dallas, uh, but he's a player that I'm you know might aim to trade after a few good games this year. I've enjoyed having him on my rosters for all these years, even as he's changed NFL teams so often. So often he's still been a you know very reliable wide receiver too, and I've enjoyed that. This year I think I might look to trade him if he has a couple great games for Dallas. Next player I have three shares of and sticking with wide receivers is Puka Nakua. Uh, Nakua was my uh, most targeted late late round target in this year's rookie class. And so I drafted him in two leagues and then I added him in one league that only has a four round rookie draft. I was able to add him off the waiver wire right after the, the draft. And so pretty excited to have this many shares of him. Uh, I was mad that I missed him and two other miss. I really wanted him and two other times he got drafted just two, two picks before my pick and three picks before my pick. And most recent, uh, most recent rookie draft. So, or else I would have had more of him. Uh, both drafts that I missed on him were in June, and so that was after the hype started to build, where I was able to get Nakua and all the drafts that I had in in May. And so his hype began building in June, and so I did see some people to grab him a little bit earlier than they did back in May. OTA, OTA reports about Nakua were glowing, making me feel wise for drafting him so often, and causing me to miss out on him in those June drafts. Uh, he's one of the easiest depth charts to climb and for the Rams, and I believe that he will become a starter by week one. He's versatile, athletic, and can be used in multiple ways in McVay's offense. I can't wait to see him uh, jump onto the field. Apologies for my computer notification there. Next, uh, we're going to move to the running backs. Running backs that I have three shares of, and 33% of my leagues I have Miles Sanders. I was much higher on Sanders than other dynasty managers in his rookie class, and so I drafted Sanders a lot and have since traded traded him away in some leagues, and I've traded for him in some leagues. So he's gone back and forth for sure. My current shares that I have came from a startup draft in his rookie season, a rookie draft in his uh, rookie season, and a trade that I made in one league and where I traded uh, Terry McLaurin straight up for Miles Sanders. Uh, Sanders signed the most lengthy and hefty free agent contract amongst running back free agent class with several still waiting to get signed, as we know, the, you know, you know and the rumors of some possibly even being cut. So he, he was, you know, signed to the hefty deal, and they want to use him. I'm happy to follow the money and believe that the Panthers think highly of him, uh, as I have all these years. Chuba Hubbard had every chance to become the lead back in Carolina in the last couple of years, and he just proved unable. Uh, Sanders, I think, is the Panthers' lead back for the next two to four years, and I'm still pleased to have three shares of him. Given that he's finally freed from the Eagles, who kept him from, you know, in that running back by committee like they do, I don't think they're going to do that in Carolina. Uh, Sanders will miss, you know, the excellent offensive line that he had in Philadelphia, but I think he's going to capitalize on a lead role and get a lot more touches in Carolina. Sanders is one of the players that I've most tried to trade for this offseason as well, and I'm going to keep trying to trade for, for him. 
Next player is Samaje Piran. All of my Piran shares were added early uh, last offseason when Cincinnati signed him. Um, I, was, I was thrilled to have a running back with a great pedigree and draft capital um, as a handcuff behind his college teammate Joe Mixon. And so he spelled Mixon more than I thought last season, especially at the end of the season. I think his consistency in the passing game, reliability, uh, made him you know, a prime player for teams to pick up this year in free agency. So when the Broncos' new coach, Sean Payton, quickly signed him, Piran's dynasty value took a big jump. Uh, his dynasty value only increased since then as Javante Williams' ACL recovery continues to linger. Uh, Piran's definitely a depth piece on my teams, yeah, yeah, but that I think will you know, un undoubtedly see my starting lineup at times this season. And if Williams' recovery lingers, he's going to become an every-week starter for sure. I'm glad I could add him and so many of those teams uh, when he signed with Cincinnati and still glad that I've kept him on my teams. Um, glad that to have a former first-round uh, you know, first round rookie draft pick in, in rookie drafts uh, back on my team and Samaje Piran making a late career comeback. Next guy I have uh, three shares of is Pierre Strong. I drafted Strong in one league last year, added him uh, the week after the draft on waiver, waivers in another, and then I added him in a, a package deal during this year's rookie draft that I already talked about. Uh, Strong was one of my favorite mid-round picks in the rookie class uh, two years ago. Even though he was buried on the depth chart in New England, uh, you know, that was pretty rough when they uh, drafted him there with Harris and Stevenson there, and then they also drafted another running back in that draft, Kevin Harris. So Made it really hard for him to do anything, do much last year, but he did, was super successful in the very few touches that he had. A year later, you know, things have really changed with Damian Harris moving on to Buffalo. Strong, you know, getting the role ahead of Kevin Harris last season means that he's going to be the backup behind Stevenson, which I really like. Uh, Strong's a player that I targeted in that package deal, like I said, when I traded Brandon Cooks. Ramondre Stevenson is the RB1 in New England for sure, but Strong is the next man up, and if injured... Uh, I'm pleased to have a handcuff like Strong on three of my nine teams. Moving over to tight end now, uh, next would be Dallas Goddard. I drafted Goddard in a startup draft in his rookie season. I added him off waivers in one league after one impatient manager dropped it after his rookie season, and then I traded for him in another league, but we've since switched platforms in that league, so I can't remember the history of what I traded him for. That was probably like three years ago. Still, I remember Goddard was you know the one that I targeted in that trade for sure. I'm pleased to have Goddard on my teams, but he's a player that I'd like to trade this year if he you know, strings together a few really productive uh, games this season. I still believe he's a fantastic player. I really love it. I love his play. I wish he was on a different team. That's why I drafted him and you know traded for him, but I'm concerned now really particularly about his target share in the newfound Philadelphia offense. I think you know he'll be a top 12 tight end at the end of the year for sure, but I just don't think he has the opportunity to you know be a top six tight end. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, I think they're just going to dominate the Eagles' touches in the next few years. And Jalen Hurts, you know, he's going to steal, he's going to steal touchdowns too. And so I Goddard, love Goddard's talent, and I just think that his future production is going to be limited. Next tight end that I have three shares of is Greg Dulcich. Uh, I was higher on Dulcich than most dynasty managers, so I drafted him in the fourth round of one draft last season, added him off waivers uh, after a four-round rookie draft, and then I added him in a salary cap league in the free agent auction, meaning he wasn't drafted in the rookie draft, so he was one of the players that was available in the free agent auction before the season started. And we signed him to a long deal uh, just because we were really hopeful for him and wanted to give him time to break out. He was my tight end, too, in last year's class behind Trey McBride. And Dulcich definitely battled injuries last season, but he had a few productive and hopeful games you know, on that inept Denver offense. Uh, now he's got a new coach in Sean Payton who made Jimmy Graham a star for years. 
off-season report started off bad about uh, Dulcich, but now they've really been consistently improving, and Peyton seems to say that he loves him and wants to use him in special ways. I still believe in his talent. I know the offense is going to get better. We're something with Peyton there. Um, and I'm hopeful that Russell Wilson can, you know, become the next Drew Brees, you know, late-year uh, re revival of, of him and come back and make Dulcich probably not the next Jimmy Graham, but do something like that it would be pretty fun. Next guy that I have uh, three shares of is Chig Okwanko. Um, Okwanko is a player that I added in every league last season after he made a few big plays during the preseason and the early season. Uh, several leagues with taxi squads already had him on their taxi squads. So that was kind of a bummer. Uh, and one manager in my leagues, Dave Cancellari, I'm talking to you, uh, he beat me to the punch on Chig twice. Otherwise, I would have had Chig on a lot more teams uh, than I have right now. But three is still pretty nice. I was early to the jump, but other others you know, definitely beat me to it as well. I had a fourth share of Chig in a tight end premium league where I was where I was loaded at tight end and rebuilding, so I traded him for Damian Harris and a rookie draft pick that turned into Jaden Reed. So I did give him away once this year. His athleticism is really, you know, is what makes a difference. You know, that's what makes the difference most for tight ends, and he's through roof on that. His playtime and his targets were limited last year. Uh, his analytic stats, though, were off the charts in, in his rookie season. Uh, he's likely going to be the second most targeted player on the Titans uh, this season, so that's going to be pretty awesome for him, giving me a chance to really you know, be a top 12 tight end. I'm happy to have Chig on a third of my teams, um, but I'm skeptical that he and uh, I was skeptical and would be willing to sell him you know, if he does have a breakout or two just to see what you can get. Tight ends are easy to wait on in dynasty leagues, so I'm eager to wait on him you know, until another manager makes me a really fair deal like the one I think I got for him so far. Can't wait to see what Chig does. And then finally, one more rookie, Michael Mayer. You've heard me talk about him too much on the podcast, so I won't say a lot here. Mayer, I had him ranked much higher than most dynasty managers, so I drafted him in three leagues this year, and uh, this year's rookie draft, and I passed on drafting him in two other leagues where he really was at the time my highest ranked player. Uh, still, I was loaded at tight ends in those leagues, and so chose to just draft another position. Uh, he's my 12th ranked. Uh, player in super player in super flex leagues. Um, I drafted him as early as 1.10, as late as 2.4, and as late as 2.6. Um, they all were after Dalton Kincaid was tra was drafted, and I've written too much, talked too much about Mayer the last few months, given that he was a player I drafted so much. But I'm confident as ever that Mayer's going to um, become a top 12 dynasty tight end uh, and really play for like the next decade. Uh, he's not you know athletic enough to become a maybe top six tight end. Uh, but I'm sure that he's going to have kind of that Jason Witten kind of career. That's the player that I compare him to the most. Can't wait to see what Mayer does. And glad that I have him on a third of my teams. Well, happy 4th of July. Hope that you guys are listening here on, on the holiday. Hope that you have a great holiday as we kind of hit the dead season here. Going to keep pumping out these podcasts, talking about players that I like. Not sure what I'm going to do next week, but it will be fun to just think about it this week and produce something else for you as we get ready for training camps to get started here in a few weeks. Can't wait. It's going to be fun. That's a wrap this week, uh, my freaky friends. Thanks so much for listening. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's. Much better on email than Twitter, so email me. That's the best way to get a hold of me. We'd love to talk. I'd be honored if you take time to rate and review the podcast and Apple Podcasts. That would mean a lot to me as well as an independent podcaster. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. 
Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. 